Hey, Andrew, how's it going? Oh, it is going great, James. I am just full of love after this weekend of Zach and Jamie's wedding, and it's just over, overfilled into fantasy football, my love for fantasy football. Mm-hmm. A lot, lot of love, over, over, overflowing. Overflowing. It's like, when, it's like when you take a big dump and you have to wipe a bunch and you put too much toilet paper in and then you flush, won't go down. You're like, hmm, maybe more water pressure will do it. So you keep flushing and flushing and then, oops, it's overflowing. That is exactly the perfect metaphor for Zach and Jamie's love. I couldn't have said it any better myself. Now, you know, I, a, lot of, a lot of people have been asking the two of us, hey, uh, how, how, how's it going being, uh, being co-commissioners? Oh, my gosh. Um, Get that question all the time, James. You wouldn't believe yep. it. Yep. Every day people are texting me. I'm, I look out my window. There's an airplane with it written on a banner. Hey, what, what's it like to be co-commissioners? And whenever they ask me, I always say, well, like, I, I didn't do it willingly. It was kind of like a hostile takeover after I did my own hostile takeover. But, uh, but I tell them it's kind of like, it's kind of like uh, Jim and Michael when they're, uh, when they're co-branch managers in the office. Would you agree with that, Tamid? I think so, yeah. Which one are you? Are you Jim or are you Michael? Well, that was my question because, like, I mean, my name, my name is James, and I sometimes go by Jim, so, like, that would fit well. But I'm thinking, like, so Michael did the, like, big picture stuff, and Jim did the, like, day-to-day. And I'm wondering if that, if that actually fits our, our sort of arrangement we got here. What do you think? That could be, yeah. That's one good way to look at it. Which one of us is more awkward? More I think awkward. it's me. Uh, I don't know. All right, I changed sure? my mind. <laughs> Boom. So, so I am Jim. Yeah, I'll give I'll give Jim to you. Okay, sweet. Well, I'll give Jim to you, and you know what I'm going to give all of our listeners? Some league news. You got it. All right, let's go. All right, James, what do we got for league news this week? Uh, well, the biggest thing that has happened recently is Jake, the machine, Kessler. Um, he did drop his calendar um, from two years ago, his punishment calendar. Um, he did drop that into the group me in PDF form, I believe. And uh, I took one look at it, and wow, um, it is very good and bad at the same time. Um, if you have not seen it, definitely get your eyeballs on that. And then promptly dunk them in a container of bleach. And then look at them again, because yeah. they're, they're such a sight to behold. It's, it's, it's like... It's like staring at an eclipse. Like they say not to do it, but you just gotta. And then once you do it, you're like, I kind of wish I wasn't doing this, but at the same time, I can't look away. It's the temptation. There's too much temptation. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, check that out. Good, very good work, Jake. He set the bar very high. Um, very much looking forward to Luke's calendar, which should be coming out soon, I hope. And just another note, uh, draft weekend is coming up four weekends from now. We're going to start putting together some meal plans, uh, just throwing some ideas out there, and we'll get that approved by the group, but going to start putting that together. So keep an eye out for something in the group me chat on that. Now, my suggestion was we just buy a ton of those little individual oatmeal packets, and like the ones with the dinosaur eggs that like want the, the eggs melt and then you get a little candy dinosaurs. Those are my favorite. I think we should just eat just a ton of those. And that's mm. what we live on for three days. Does that provide all of the necessary vitamins and minerals that you need in a, a well-balanced diet, James? I don't know, Andrew. Well, how about this, James? We'll use that as our backup plan. Okay. And then... No, I'll j- I'll just bring a suitcase of them just in case. And sure. we can do the normal meals too. Yeah. I mean, you usually bring five or six bags anyways for a weekend trip. So what's one more, right? Yeah. Well, that's, see, that's just for me. So I want to, I want enough to be able to share. All right. Looking forward to it. I'll try one. I'll, I'll give it a shot. Well, I think that's going to wrap up the league news for this week. So let us jump over to NFL news. That's good news. Well, James, we called it, and it happened. The NFL did, in fact, cancel all preseason games. I think it's the right call. It doesn't sound like they are quite in a place yet to have all the testing and everything figured out that they need to. So making sure that everybody stays safe leading up to the regular season so we still can have a regular season, I think is definitely smart. Um, I did see a report come out that They are talking about a few different options for the regular season, one of them being not having it at all. So that is one option that they're still considering, but hopefully that is the last case scenario and they're able to put together a good agreement where the players are happy, the owners are happy, the fans are happy, and we get our fantasy football season that we want. I thought, reading that headline, I just thought that was a weird way of, like, like oh we still we we still have the option to just cancel the regular season like well yeah you can know, I guess you can always choose to yeah nope not doing it right I was didn't really think that was like off the table but I was, I thought that was weird when I read the way that that was phrased in that headline yeah it was like this big thing that they put together through lots yeah. of you know, hey, yeah, focus like, hey, groups we, and things like that. Yeah, hey, we've we've been talking to our marketing and you know our hey. statistics department. Like, hey, we got these got this new next level strat for uh, dealing with this whole keep coronavirus. It, keep, it, we, uh, keep it on the down low, though. Keep it on the down low. Cancel the season. Oh, shh, shh. No yeah. one's thought of it. Oh my god. But it would like, like there'd be no football, so that would suck. But oh, also, none? Like, then like it'd be really tough like for people to spread it between themselves if they're not playing football. Shh, quiet. No, shh. Secret war. Well, hopefully it doesn't come to that. 
Um, anything else going on in NFL news this week, James? Um, you know, just looking, just looking at my ticker. Uh, nothing really big. Um, I'm sorry. I know there's at a your, lot of. What are you looking at? What? The the ticker. You know, like oh. the news ticker. Oh, okay. I misheard you. Yeah. Anyways, um, so there's not really any other big news besides no preseason. Um, sounds like the players union. And the owners are still uh, trying to work out an agreement on uh, giving players the, the option to opt out from the season for health concerns or you know, whatever concerns they have about you know, catching the disease and spreading it to their family and stuff. Um, we'll probably hear about that in the coming week or weeks. Well, I think that's going to wrap up our NFL news this week. Let's head over to the crazy stat. I got to be honest. I got to shoot straight with you. You can always shoot straight with me. Didn't have enough time to look up a crazy stat this week. So let's go with a pretty interesting stat of the week. So, you know, maybe not okay, squat. Maybe so a sit is fine for this week. A sit. All right. I'll just be. I'll be at a, a, a edge of my seat and like, you know, good posture, like like ready to ready to do a, a good choir practice type posture. Perfect. I think that is very appropriate for this week's mildly interesting stat. So we've had six years in the league. We know that top defenses from previous years you know the number one drafted defense each year is it's hard to repeat that and that has shown up in our league four out of the six seasons the top defense was either drafted in the 16th round or completely undrafted there have only been two years where that is not the case oh geez oh god oh man oh you know, Andrew, I think that was a little too crazy for that posture. I did, I did pull a hand. Oh man, I'm I sorry. under. I was. I... Oh god. Oh. oh. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh my god. Are you okay? Yeah, we're good. We're good. What? We're recovering. Okay, so that was a little, a little just too crazy. Now we know. We'll just plan. We'll just, we'll just play it plan, safe yeah, next time. Plan a little bit better. Yeah. Oh, geez. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. We'll be good. I only need one hamstring to move. Well, <sighs> okay. I will uh, better judge the the craziness of my stats moving forward for for the sake of you. I feel I feel terrible. Do, are you gonna Are you no, gonna be okay? Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll be able I'll be able to just sit here and keep keep going with the podcast. I know that's what okay. the people want, oh. and that's what we're doing this for. It's for that's you, the people. For the people. And and all that sponsor money that we get, but that's secondary to the well, people. Yeah, but it's it's for the people first. But also for the sponsor money. That's very but important. But also yeah, very important. Also please, very important. Please, we are looking for more sponsors. We have many spots to fill. We will say anything if you give us ten bucks. Hey, even uh, two dollars. I'll do there's even not much two dollars. It's is kind of slim pickings right now. Yeah, we have a very a very narrow audience. We're very it's pretty bad. We're in need of some financial assistance for sure. So if you or anyone you know 
has been diagnosed with mesothelioma. (laughs) And they also know a good sponsor for this show. Please send them our information. If you are, if you are a class action lawyer. (laughs) If you have a structured settlement and you need cash now, please, please, please give us your sponsorship. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week's crazy stat. We had a absolutely delightful talk with our own David Book. Got to get his thoughts on fantasy football, how he prepares for the season. So without further ado, let's head on over to the interview for this week. Well, we are now joined by the one and only David Book. David, how are you doing? So great. I got to say, um, I, I've been a huge supporter of the pod since day one. So it's a, it's a real dream come true to be here with you guys. Wow. You're one of the first listeners ever to this mm-hmm. very famous podcast? Yeah. Since the, the very beginning. Wow. Wow. I bet. Were, were you one of the one of the first 10 listeners? I think that's a safe bet. I, I might even go as far as saying first six or seven. Wow. Dang. Yeah. You really have been here since the very beginning. Well, it mm-hmm. it is an honor to have you on as well. So let's start off by just getting a update on your life. Where are you at? What have you been up to? How's life going? Life's pretty swell. Um, I'm living in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I am a data analyst for Smile Direct Club, people that will straighten your teeth for you. Um, I work with the marketing team, with the the CRM team specifically, so we're in charge of like once someone goes on our site and says, hey, I might be interested in buying aligners, then it's our job to make them buy aligners, get them to finally do it. So, you know, that's pretty fun. People are always freaking out like, hey, why didn't we sell stuff yesterday? And I'll be like, oh, here's why. So that's what I did all day today, and that's pretty much what I do all the time. So that's pretty fun. Other than that, I've been reading a lot during quarantine. Had got some, some, some good reads out there. What series are you currently reading? Right now, I am reading the Prince of Nothing trilogy. I just started it a few days ago. It's pretty solid so far. It's a little, it's like a little more dense, a little tougher read than the ones I've been reading lately, but I'm enjoying it. Now, is there any chance that your uh, team name this year comes from any of these summer reads? You know, I did last year. I read what became and is my favorite series of all time. The Malazan book is a books of the fallen. And one of my favorite characters from my favorite book in that series was shield anvil, Akovian. And so I tried to make a, well, really I chose him because I had a, a player on my team that worked out to like, you know, it sounded like it's a, like it Colvian, Kevin Coleman, it Covian, it Colvian. So yeah, that was the deciding factor. So yeah, maybe. We'll have to see what players I get and if any characters jump out to, you know, deserve being the the team name. 
Um, David, I would like to say that I did try to look up your team name and the reference you were making last year when I was doing the write-ups, like make a funny joke off of it. And mm-hmm. just reading like the reading like the Wikipedia just summary of that character was so inscrutable and confusing. I feel like like without the context of the entire book series, it was very I I did not understand it at all. Yeah, I mean he's a great character. In in hindsight, it may have been a poor choice because like so the shield anvil is a position in like an army and his job is just to like carry everyone's grief and pain mm. and he just like takes it all on him basically so like probably not the best inspiration for a fantasy you know the theme of pain and, and misery which you know kind of yeah. is what happened but you know yeah so maybe it wasn't maybe it was appropriate well, yeah Speaking of uh, pain and misery, let's discuss your last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You finished with a regular season record of six and seven. Now you did have the fourth most points scored in the regular season, but you didn't end up missing playoffs where you lost to Brandon in your first game, but beat Clay to avoid the sackable. Overall, how would you summarize your 2019 season? Um... I mean, it was very, it was a very typical season for me. You know, I feel like I'm always in that six and seven, seven and six range, always in that push to make playoffs in those last few weeks. I think a difference last year was I didn't really hit on any waiver wire additions because like a couple years ago, I think it was three years ago, I picked up Alvin Kamara, his rookie season like week three before he just was amazing and finished as a top five running back. And then two years ago, I mean, and last year I had some really good waiver wire guys, but this year I don't think I had any like big hits that really added a lot to my team. And I, I really depend on those waiver wire additions because man, am I terrible at drafting. It's <laughs> gotten to a ridiculous level. But, yeah, I don't know. I think, I mean, like you said, fourth most points for, I had, it was definitely a solid team. I think it was a playoff-worthy team. But, you know, I wasn't going to win the championship, so not making playoffs wasn't really a huge disappointment, I guess. You mentioned your draft and not having luck. Um, I'd like to take a closer look at your draft from last year. So uh, right away, uh, round one, you picked up Zeke at the fifth spot. And that was while he was still uh, unsigned and currently holding out from the Cowboys. Um, I thought that was interesting, especially because the previous year, you drafted Lev Bell second overall when he was on a holdout. And he ended up just not coming back for the entire season. Um, So... What gave you the confidence to draft another top running back who is on a holdout? I mean, I just love making terrible decisions, I think, <laughs> when it comes to drafting. But Zeke and, like, I – if he was not holding out at that time, he probably was my number one overall pick. I would have picked him over anyone else. So being able to get him fifth, 
I thought was probably great value. And then, I mean, I was planning on drafting Tony Pollard in like the ninth or 10th to get that handcuff because the prior year when I drafted Le'Veon, I was able to, to get James Conner like the week, a week before the season started. And he was great. He was like probably almost as good as Le'Veon would have been. He was, I think he was still like a top five back when he was playing before he got injured towards the end of the season. So knowing that, you know, the Cowboys are in a great situation, their offensive line is amazing. Probably any running back could step in and produce as well as Zeke. So I was really planning on drafting Pollard and that gave me, you know, the confidence to, to pick up Zeke with that fifth pick. It didn't work out. I didn't get Pollard. I think, did you James? Yeah, uh, you're welcome for taking him so you didn't have to waste a draft pick on him. Right, yeah, so that, that worked out, which was great. And I was, like, super pumped because I remember Cy was drafting before me, and I really didn't want him to take Zeke because I didn't know who I was going to take. If he took Zeke, I was going to have to think about it, and I don't, I don't want to have to think about it. But he took Michael Thomas, which was a great pick. So, but, yeah. I mean, Zeke was still, like, I don't know if he – I was really expecting more. He was, like, he was super solid. He, like – he. I think he scored over 12 points probably every week, but I don't know if he scored more than 20, like, more than once or twice throughout the whole season probably. So, yeah, I mean, he was – He was, he was steady great. Eddie. Yeah, super year. steady, but I think I was I was expecting a little bit more. He was the, the fourth best running back. Yeah, and that's, you know, I mean, that's where yeah. I drafted him. He's the fourth best running back. So. Yeah, that but you probably, you probably were hoping that, you know, if you had him, you know, if it wasn't for the holdout, you might have taken him number one, and so you're hoping for maybe a, you know, top three right. finish. Yeah. Well, David, you've mentioned it a, a couple times already in this podcast, and I know in some personal conversations that we've had, you've really – emphasize how unlucky you have been in your drafts uh, you know we have gone over who your draft picks were in previous seasons and just said that was a bad pick that was a bad pick so what is it that is going to be different this next year for you to help you have a successful draft I mean absolutely nothing I'm not going to change anything I don't know what to change I guess I mean I don't know just hoping to get luckier I guess well, okay, so actually one thing, and this is something I've put a lot of thought into recently, and I've, you know, I've developed this theory. So two years ago was when we first watched the Tummy video. That was when it was first introduced <laughs> to us. Mm-hmm. And we watched it mm-hmm. a lot. We watched it. It was on during the draft, wasn't it? Yep. While yeah. we were drafting. Several and we know times. that I'm a, big, I'm a big Tummy guy. You know, tummies are my weakness, and I don't know how you guys knew that beforehand, And you, but you distracted me the whole draft, and we watched that video so many times, and it ruined my draft because that year when, you know, the tummy concentration was at an all-time high, I drafted – these were my third – so starting in the third round, I drafted Jordan Howard, terrible pick. Larry Fitzgerald, awful pick. Royce Freeman, such a bad pick, thanks to stupid Philip Lindsay. Rex Burkhead, what was I think? That's probably the worst yes. pick in draft history. <laughs> Rex Burkhead in the sixth round, 
What? No, there's no explanation for that. I, okay, I drafted actually, Terrell Pryor once, so I think that takes that's the That's true. That was, I mean, he showed promise, though. Yeah, until but, he didn't. <laughs> okay, but then I followed that Rex Burkhead pickup with Josh Gordon. Like, just the worst draft ever. Yeah, you were doing that for the meme, though, right? No, unfortunately not. Oh, well. Okay, but then, like- so then my, my name was Big Tummy Guy. And I started off the season, like, what, one in five, I want to say? I think that's right. Um, one and in six. One in six. Started off one in six, and then the rebrand. I became the antithesis of the tummy. I became mm. small back lady. It's when I, you know, catapulted the tummy away from me, and then I won six games in a row, right? Yep. Yep. Right. And made playoffs. So the tummies truly are my weakness. Last year, we watched the, the tummy video a little bit, and I had a little bit of a better draft. So this year, you guys put the tummy video on, I'm gone. I'm putting the blinders on. I'm putting my fingers in my ears and singing a song. Just get, t- get tummies out of my life on draft day. Huh, interesting. That's so very any, interesting. Anywhere, anywhere you see the tummy video, you're just gonna, you're just gonna bolt out of the room. Yeah, I'm gone. It's huh. it's my weakness. It you know, the proof is. Would you say it's? Would grass. you say it's your soft underbelly? I'm not gonna say anything. Only backs. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go. I'm all backs this year. All backs. Not all backs. All chest. All. No legs, as Kanye said. Except all back. No tummy. So when you got like a, a heavy package from Amazon at your door, you're just lifting with your back, going all back. All back. All backs. Like that's all right. running backs? Ooh. Ooh. Maybe that's the draft Ooh. strategy. Ooh. All right. That's true. I did draft, what, like three three out of my first four picks last year were wide receivers. Hmm. I did not. So maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's it. And then you know what? You follow that strategy. Guess who's back? in the championship game. In addition to this new tummy back strategy, I know that you are probably the person in this league that puts in the most amount of work during the off season and leading up to the draft. Are you willing to share any insight on your typical preparation? Do you do mock drafts? You know, what, what's kind of your, your typical lead up work to uh, get you ready for the draft? I mean, it doesn't, I'm fine sharing it because it clearly doesn't work. <laughs> so like, I'm not worried about helping you guys, but yeah, I'll just, you know, I'm always keeping up with the NFL news, you know, who's getting traded, who's getting cut free agent signings. And then um, just, you know, I, I, I watch college football a bit. So I know who a lot of the highly drafted guys are. So then when the draft comes around and see where they land, you know, I, I'll, um, so how I start my rankings is after the draft happens and, you know, most of the free agent, free agents are signed and the depth charts are a little more solid and they're what they're going to be for the season. I'll go through all the team's depth charts by position and rank, um, each player for fantasy And then the way I do my positional rankings is I do it all based on tiers. So, like, 
I'll go through all the teams. I'll do my tier one running backs. I'll just look through all the teams and I'll be like, all right, this guy's a top tier guy. This guy's a top tier guy. And I'll throw them in the top tier. And then I'll be like, all right, nobody else is really close to these guys. And then I'll just move on and say, all right, who's the next tier? And I'll throw a bunch of names in that, in that tier. And then once I have all those tiers made out, I'll go through each of the tiers and rank the players within, within the tiers so I do that like in what? When's the draft? April. I'll do that in April, and then I'll start mock drafting maybe, you know, a couple weeks. Do just like one a week maybe, um, during like May, and just always be adjusting my rankings as I you know read more stuff and form different opinions just like from mock drafts and and you know, just reading more stuff and listening to podcasts and things like that. Um, so yeah, I'll just do that. And then the mock drafts will kind of pick up as we get closer to the real draft. And yeah, just always changing my rankings and getting a, a better idea of what guys I'm, I'm looking to get in which rounds, but I never really, I'm kind of the opposite of Andrew. I don't have a list of players that I'm targeting I just I'm always going best player available. So if I have like if it's my turn to pick and I have, you know, one guy in the second tier of running back left, but there's like three wide receivers in my third tier of wide receivers and I already have two running backs, I might still like draft that third running back just because he's got more perceived value to me because he's like the last guy in that tier. Sure. So yeah, that's my my general draft strategy well it sounds very comprehensive uh regarding your uh your preparation um one thing i tend to avoid is i mean i i like you know listening to maybe like a podcast or two about fantasy football like you know deep in the off season but i feel like preparing that early ahead um, like so much stuff is going to change with like, you know, NFL draft and like, you know, players being traded and, you know, injuries and whatnot. I feel like, I feel like the rankings get jumbled up a lot. Um, do you, do you feel that you start your rankings that early just cause like, uh, maybe you just want to get back in fantasy football. So you like to do them early or do you think that doing them that early actually gives you more insight um, to like how players are moving. Oh no, it's a hundred percent. I just want to, I want to do it. I want to, you know, I miss fantasy football. I love fantasy okay. football and just going like uh, going five months without it, you know, it sucks. So when the NFL draft is over and, you know, you have a better idea of who's on what team, I just can't wait to get into it. I like, I make a day out of it and I just do all my rankings one day and it's, it's a great day understandable i get it this one is something i just kind of wanted to figure out because there's been some there's been some chat around the league about this Uh-oh. But, uh so so last year during the draft uh andrew luck did announce his retirement while we were in the middle of drafting and i think up. i was i was sitting next to you i believe during the draft And, like, at one point, I saw that you were, like, making, like, you had a weird face, like a surprise face. And then you were looking, like, at Smeed and maybe Zach. 
and you guys were just like giving each other weird looks. And I was like, oh, what's going on? Um, I did like look at my phone and then I saw like on a like ESPN alert or something that Andrew Luck was retiring. I was like, oh, that's what they're talking about. Um, but it did, it did take a while for that to uh, leak out to everyone um, until we finally just like announced it out loud. Um, and I was wondering, do we know who was the first to find that out? It was Smead. Without was a Smeed? doubt. Yeah, because I, I remember looking over at Smead and he was freaking out over something and I had no idea what it was. And he just like mouths, look at your phone and points down at his phone. And that's when I saw it. And I'm pretty sure you and Zach were next. I think I think Zach was before me. Zach might it might have been Smeed and Zach that knew before me. But I know for sure I learned for, well, I didn't learn, but I knew to look at my phone from Smeed. So yeah, it was all a big conspiracy. Major collusion yeah. right there. That was great. That that might be my favorite draft day memory. It was so cool. It was just like I couldn't believe it. Because Andrew Luck, like, I want to say he was, like, a potential top five-ish guy. Yeah, I feel like he was around, like, fifth. Yeah, because he had – when he played – Maybe a little later, actually. Yeah, I don't think – I think there was risk on just, like, his injury and the whole, like, oh, is he throwing a full-size football, that whole thing, because that was him, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is he throwing the Duke or – oh, wait, no, was that – was that him? Yeah, it was. It might have been Cam. I don't Duke know. Or not. But yeah, when he played, he was a great fantasy quarterback. But then there was, I think it was the season prior to the season, you know, he retired. He ended up like not playing for the whole season, even though he was always supposed to be coming back. So there was a ton of risk, but there was a ton of upside. So he was just a really interesting guy going into the draft. And then him, you know, announcing his retirement during the draft was just, it was crazy. It was crazy. And, and was during crazy. like, I couldn't wait for someone to draft him. I was, but it just never happened. And during like one of the most popular draft nights of that, yeah. that Saturday mm-hmm. night, how many people were drafting? Uh. So I can give an answer to this one. Oh, oh yeah. Does Andrew know? Yes. I've been hoping that this didn't come out (laughs) oh no but i had my phone i was sitting in front of the fireplace there's like a little bench there i remember sitting with my laptop on my lap just like laptop should be Mm -hmm. nice brandy in your left hand (laughs) no not quite i think i had a mountain dew code red Uh, but i had my phone sitting face up and i saw the notification that said, Andrew Luck announcing his retirement, and I immediately look up to see who else got the same notification. <laughs> and I see Zach doing the same thing. <laughs> so he also must have had his phone up. And we, we just, like, stared at each other for a while. And then I kept looking around, and I knew that both James and David, I know both of you guys had the same app. And I was just waiting for you to look at your phone because I wanted to see your reaction. And finally, I couldn't take it anymore. And I got David's attention and told him to look at his phone. And he looked at his phone and looked up at me and his mouth 
his jaw literally like he was mouth agape <laughs> looking at me i i thought it was so funny like i was just staring at him like yeah this this is happening middle of the draft um that is my favorite fantasy football moment so far yeah. just seeing david's reaction to that that was just so crazy yeah i think i, can... I think it was it was david's reaction that finally got me to be like what what the hell is going on yeah I can't think of any like surprise sports announcement like that that was you know that big of news you know yeah it's just, and also it's also so relevant because we were literally like <laughs> yeah time <laughs> sensitive uh, well there it is there's the truth I'm free of my guilt now <laughs> rest easy for right. the first time in 320 days. Well, now that Andrew has admitted his sin, um, we're going to take a quick break and talk about today's sponsor. Today's sponsor is the Ab Circle Pro as seen on TV. The Ab Circle Pro works out your upper, middle, and lower abs and obliques, your entire core in one simple fat-burning motion. Does not include calorie counter slash computer. Get a firmer, flatter stomach without sit-ups and crunches. Three levels of fitness, so it's perfect for any fitness level. Ab Circle Pro. Buy it today. Well, while we have you here, David, we're going to ask you a couple of would-you-rather questions this week, too. Are you ready for the would-you-rather questions? I can't wait. I'm so excited. They better be a good one, James. Would you rather automatically start each week with three points or have an extra first-round pick at the end of the first round? Start every week with three points? Three points. You get a free three points every week. Only three. Only three. Give me the first. Absolutely. No question. First for sure. Absolutely. You'd have to make that like. Yo, okay. What? Yeah. What number? What, what do you points. think it would be? How many? Like 10 or 15 probably. You think that much? A second. So like in this situation, I'd have two first round picks and then like I wouldn't have my lot than my 16th round pick. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be like – well, I think it also depends on how good that first-round pick is, which could vary, but – Yeah. I don't know. Having – being able to get an additional first-round pick, easily worth three points a week, I think. What if it was like five points? I don't know. It's tough. I th- I don't know. I can't – I guess I can't put – a value on having an additional first round pick, but it, it seems like it's worth more than five points to me. Just well, without basically, really that, it. it would be like swapping out whoever is your first flex with another first rounder. Right. And how so many additional like, points on average do you think they give you each week? Yeah. So, like, how many more points would a first round pick in my flex give me than like a fifth round pick in my flex? Yeah. So, yeah, I guess. Yeah, now I think about Probably that. I think three points. points is a little too low. 
But yeah, I don't know. I would just love having another first round pick, having another one of yeah. those great, great guys, one of those studs. Yeah, pretty valuable. Smead, Smead, let's make it five points. I wasn't really sure what point to put. Let's bump it up to five. What would you rather do? Um, you know, I don't know if like numerically it makes sense, but I think having a second first round player is more fun. You know, it's a name. <laughs> that, yeah. It's a name that everybody knows that you expect a lot out of and having someone like, you know, Julio Jones and Derrick Henry or whatever on your team, that's just exciting. You know, that's just fun to see on your roster. So I would also go with the second first round pick. I think if it's like five points, I think I might be tempted to just take that. Obviously, it depends on, you know, what that first – and I think that's that's part of it is that, like, you're not really sure what that first-round pick is going to do. And maybe maybe if you go safer with it versus more risky. But, like, that first-round pick, you know, if you pick Love Bell, like, oh, that sucks. Um, but if you – hey, you just start out five points each week, then that's a constant – you know, like over 16 weeks, that's, you know, 50 times what plus 30. That's 80 points more. I feel like yeah. that would be more valuable or at least safer. I, don't know. I think it would change my draft strategy quite a bit too because I think I might go quarterback in that extra pick. I might just take like Patrick Mahomes there or that's like interesting. Because I'd be I'm, like, you know what, they're – they're definitely going to be scoring a lot of points, so I want to get a for sure person there. I, I was I was thinking I would definitely grab – I would without a doubt grab two running backs if I had two first-round picks because there's only – you know, there's only those, like, few handful of guys, like six or seven guys who are real stud, like get 80% of the workload running backs. And if you were able to get two of those – because in our drafts every year, I feel like we always, like – the first round is always like 10 or 11 running backs. We go running back crazy. So if you were able to get two of those guys, that, that'd be awesome. All right. Good, good answer for the first one. David, would you rather win the league in a given year or have Duke win the national championship game Ooh. in men's college basketball? Hmm. I mean, do I've I've seen Duke win the national championship two times in my life, but you haven't so, you seen know, yourself win. I've never won, not even in any fantasy league, not in a single fantasy league, have I ever won a championship, which is just absurd. It's stupid because I put in. It's probably because I put in so much time and effort into it that I don't win. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. I'm just cursed, but I mean, I, oh, that's <laughs> like, I want to say fantasy, but now fa- winning the fantasy league does come with monetary compensation, but like not enough for it to be meaningful. It depends on how you spend it. Depends With on how David. creative you are. Here's, yeah. a, here's a question that might help you. Which one is more unlikely to happen, in Ooh. your opinion? 
because that's the one you should pick. I feel like they're pretty. They're pretty. Like, <laughs> I think they're both like fairly equal. One out of twelve chance. No, my chance. I'm better than one out of twelve. There's no way. Is, Cy is Duke, are Duke's Luke chances are, better than one? Better in than one in twelve? No, it depends on the year, but on average, well, actually, I don't know because I mean, if you look at the past thirty years, they've won five times, so it's it's you know one out of six. And you it's have probably you're extremely equal. I think they're very equal chances. I'm gonna be. You gotta choose. I'm gonna be selfless. I'm gonna go with Duke. I think it would bring wow. it would bring me probably almost an equal amount of happiness. And then it lasts. Well, I guess the fantasy championship would last forever too. But like, you know, it would add to Duke's legacy, which it, you know, Duke's legacy means more to me than most things in the world. So, um, I David, I do, I do have a secret third. Would you rather for you? But so I'm going to, to wait. To We're going it. to pause. We're going to hit pause on that. Put it, put a pin in it, and then we will come back to it when it is more germane to the conversation. All right, Jermaine Jerlame Jones. Jerlame yep. Jones. <laughs> Shout out to Zach. All right, so let's jump back into the formal interview part. So even though you've had some bad lucks in drafts, like we've talked about, you do seem to make up for it somewhat by being active during the season. You're second only to James in transactions. You have 36 per year. And second only to myself in trades with 2.3 per year. So looking at the trades specifically, how do you go about looking for potential trade partners and how do you seal the deal? Um, I mean, the trade partners is just entirely dependent on the players. You know, I don't go like, hey, I want to trade with Zach. I, I go through the teams and look at, you know, players that I think would make my team better. Um, and I, I got trading is probably my favorite thing about fantasy football. Nothing gets me going like negotiating a trade. It's just so much fun. I just I love doing it like you could probably get away with a pretty bad trade with me just because I want to make a trade. I just, I just love it that much, but yeah, I'll just, there'll be a guy that I want, a, a guy that I want to add to my team. It could be because, you know, I see an opportunity, like he's had a, a bit of a value dip. He maybe has not been performing well, you know, because he's been going against tough defenses or, you know, for any other number of reasons. And I think that he's going to start, producing at a higher level so I'll, I'll target him for a trade or in some situations like uh what was it two years ago during the rebrand I had a little bit of depth and I was really pushing for that championship so I traded I, I packaged like I packaged Dalvin Cook and Tyler Boyd for Antonio Brown so like Dalvin Cook who was injured and Tyler Boyd, who was like a, a really solid wide receiver two, and I turned that into like the wide receiver one. So, you know, looking for trades that are like mutually beneficial because I think that helped Sean's team at the time probably. And then it helped me be because, you know, I was upgrading from Tyler Boyd up to Antonio Brown. So, yeah, I just – I really love trading always trying to improve my team. That's, you know, something I'm always trying to do and something I have to do since I'm so bad at drafting. Sure. 
Well, trades can be fickle and sometimes they turn out lopsided in your favor or in your opponents. Uh, over your six years with the league, do you think you've gained a net benefit from all of your trades? No doubt. I think my worst trade was early on. I don't think I've had any bad trades the last two or three seasons um, since I've like really started you know, getting into fantasy. I think it was like 2015 or 2016 was a trade where I traded for um, Jeremy Hill, who had like an amazing first two weeks of the year, and then he was terrible after that. So that was definitely my worst trade and really the only trade I remember doing from like more than a couple seasons ago. But yeah, I think so during the rebrand year, I traded away Le'Veon Bell and somebody else and got Devontae Freeman and Travis Kelsey. And so Le'Veon Bell didn't play the whole year. Devontae Freeman was hurt the whole year. The only player out of that whole trade that like ever had any value for the rest of the season was Travis Kelsey, who was amazing. So I definitely think I won that trade. And then last year, I forget I forget the specifics of any trades I had, but I I remember that I, I liked them all, and I think they all panned out pretty well. I remember one of them you got Michael Gallup in, uh, which was a pretty good yeah. result. He was, he was super solid. I traded you uh, Miles Sanders right before he had his – he had like two big games to close out the season. And he was on your oh, team yeah. and not my team for those. Oh, yeah, that was great. Oh, yeah, because I really needed – because Darius Geis, my running backs were terrible. My running yeah, back and, depth was non-existent because Darius yeah. Geis was dead. Tevin Coleman had, like, one huge three-touchdown game after he came back from injury. But then after that, he was terrible. So I really only had, like, one usable running back on my team. So I was just trying to get somebody – and then Miles Sanders, after I traded for him, he, he blew up because, I mean, a big part of that was the Eagles had zero people to throw the ball to. They were – Greg Ward was their wide receiver one. So Miles Sanders was getting a ton of targets, and he was really, really doing well during that time. Yeah, yeah I remember I was, I was in the same situation but had no wide receivers. I was like, hey, maybe we can uh, do a trade there. I think I got Curtis I Samuel, Curtis Samuel, which Ooh. I, yeah, like, I think he wasn't great, like, wasn't terrible. No. Like. So, David, in your six years in the league, you have made the playoffs twice. Both of those times, your playoff run was ended by Andrew Smead. And you also haven't fared any better against him in the regular season, I believe, total you are 0 and 9 against Andrew in 6 years. Um do you have any, have any uh have any comments on that? I mean it really is something cuz like we're if if someone if there was a matchup where one person had never beat the other person it, it's likely one of the teams is an expansion team and there hasn't been that many matchups, but like we have to be the only OG member matchup where one team is defeated against the other. And it's just like, it's a curse at this point. Like there's nothing I can do. I, it's, it's bigger than me. You know, I have no power against it. 
And what was it? In an earlier episode, you said that Smead averaged like seven more points against me than anyone else, which is ridiculous. I think it was like, it was like 11. It was 11 more points per game. <laughs> Wait, which, when you consider the sample size, like we have, what, there's, he's played everyone probably, you know, close to six or seven times at least, except for the newest expansion teams. So that kind of outlier is just ridiculous. And then also, okay, my most like vivid and painful fantasy football memory has to do with Andrews playing Andrew Smeet, of course. Um, the during two seasons ago when I was still big tummy guy, it was during my like terrible start of the season. It was going into the sun, either the Sunday night game or the Monday night game. I had Andy Dalton and Tyler Boyd left, and I needed like 11 points from them combined to beat Smead. We both had terrible weeks. I think he was only like in the 80s, and I was at the 70s at that point. And Andy Dalton and Tyler Boyd did absolutely nothing for me, but I was still going to win because it was going into like the fourth quarter, and I only needed – half a point I was I needed one catch from Tyler Boyd or like one play from Andy Dalton and they pulled Andy Dalton for the last two drives of the game because they were getting blown out and Tyler Boyd didn't catch and it was just I was so tilted and just throwing a tantrum it was bad it was real bad man I really it's just it's cursed because and then after the rebrand that same year I was playing him in the first round of the playoffs, and yeah. man, my team was my team was great. I knew I was going to win the championship. I had, I had, I forget who my quarterback was, but I had, I who was it? Nick Chubb, James Conner, Aaron Jones, Keenan Allen, Antonio Brown, Travis Kelsey, just stacked. And I was doing great going into the Sunday night game. I had a good lead. I'm like, all right, I'm going to win this. And then Amari Cooper scored <laughs> 40 points for Smith. Oh, man. I remember that now. That was his four-touchdown game, I think. Oh, my goodness. It was – I just kept looking up. I was at dinner with my family, and every time I looked up at the TV, Amari Cooper was scoring a touchdown. Oh, no. <laughs> I was heartbroken. But I know that the whenever I do beat Smead, if it ever happens – I'm not saying that it will because it probably won't. But if it ever happens, that's the year I'm going to win the championship, guaranteed. You feel like you that think... is the the breaking point that will launch you into success and stardom. Right. I'll be the, the team of destiny once that happens. No doubt about it. Do you think? Uh, do you think this could be that year? Probably not. I don't know. There's no Probably reason. Probably not. Be... I don't know if like. I wronged you in a previous life. I don't think I have in this life. Not that I'm aware of. I got to do some kind of deed to gain me some karma. I don't know. Maybe I'll start going around and feeding orphan children. I'll do something. Trying to bank a lot of positive karma. Yeah. Do you have a? Do you have any special celebration in mind for the day we finally are able to beat Andrew? I don't. I probably should think of something though. Now that you bring it up, because that's really going to be an important day in my life. It's you know I'm going to remember that for the rest I of mean, my it, life without a doubt. It'll be an important day just in history. 
It will be. It'll go down in the history books. I'm sure I'll have, you know, people reaching out to me to be on covers of magazines and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So I, I yeah. do need to prepare for that. Thank you for it'll be for reminding it'll me. be like like when that guy beat the two hour mile. It'll just be a it'll be a human achievement. Yeah. Being able to run that mile in two hours is <laughs> a big achievement. Oh, this time a marathon. Ah no, I said mile. <laughs> That marathon. A what? That's. <laughs> oh no! I really, really stepped in it now, haven't I? Oh, beans. Oh, beans. Uh, all right, jumping out of the interview, grabbing you guys, ripping you back to the "Would You Rather" section. Would you rather be Andrew three times this year, twice in the regular season, once in the playoffs? but ultimately fall short of the championship and just get second place? Or would you want to win the championship next year, but you will be doomed to not beat him for at least five more years? I mean, like I said before, this is a a ridiculous question because those things wouldn't be, you know, those things are going to happen the same year, but in this well, crazy hypothetically, world, if, hypothetically, if those things were astronomically possible. I'd give me the championship. I'll take, take the championship. championship. You know, Smeed's a good guy. If I if I had to be defeated against anybody, I'd want it to be him. Okay. Oh, uh, David, that's so sweet. If mm-hmm. I had to go fourteen and zero nope. against anyone, it Just would nope. be you. Shut your mouth. All right. Good to know. All right, back to the regular interview. So let's let's cheer you up here a little bit, David. On the reverse side, you are pretty dominant in your matchups against Zach. You're ten and three. Against Sean, you're ten and four. And Ooh. against Jackson, you're four and zero. Oh. oh, nice. So, do you have any extra confidence when facing off against these teams because of that history? I think certainly against Sean, it's more like I I better win. You know. There's just some added pressure. He's like, I don't want to lose to Sean. And then against Zach, I just really like making Zach upset. I think that's something everyone could agree with in in the league. Just making him upset is always fun, whether it's just like in the power rankings, just putting him a few spots down just to make him angry, which is, you know, something I've, I've done in the past. But, yeah, Jackson, he's new. I like you know. I guess I'll just introduce him into the league by toss beating him a few times, but I don't know. Still four and zero. That's that's impressive. Yeah. Still, you know, four that's years impressive. that you've gone against him. Yeah, I don't know. I approach every week the same. Honestly, it's not like you know. I I might have it mentally be a little different going into the matchup. Except I don't know. I feel like Zach. It's just. I feel like I can beat Zach. I don't know what it is. And then, yeah, like I said, Sean, I just really need to beat Sean. It's like when I was in the last place matchup when the punishment was um, to do stand-up, that's by far the most nervous I've ever been for going into a fantasy week because I just really did not want to do stand-up. So, like, I put more thought and effort into setting my lineup that week than any other week ever. I think it's kind of similar when I go against Sean, just because I I really don't want to lose to Sean. 
yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Yeah. Especially now that he's got a uh, second place under his belt and he's got some extra motivation coming in, you got to really put a little bit more focus when you're going up against him. Absolutely. Uh, David, I have a question for you. What is your third greatest fantasy secret? My third greatest fantasy secret? What are my first two? Your third greatest fantasy – I don't know, but I'm, that's not what I'm asking you, David. I'm asking you, what is your third greatest fantasy secret? I'm not going to ask for your top three. That would be greedy. Okay. I will ask for your third. All right. Well, let me think. Okay. So my third is probably – David, don't you dare try to give us your first two. I I think it's either so I think my third would be that I never look at the fantasy app during the like first round of games I never check the scores ever and I don't know Uh, why noon on Sunday yeah starting noon on Sunday until the end of the first round of games at like, you know, three or whenever they end, I just don't look at the fantasy app. I'll look at the ESPN app and like go through all the teams and look at all the players' individual stats and add up my team score in my head and add up the team score that I'm going against. And it's like, I may as well just check the fantasy app. But for some reason, it's like, it's not real if I don't check the fantasy app. So I just, I never do. Even though I know what the scores are, I don't know. I don't know how that started, but yeah, that's probably that's my my third fantasy secret. I'd I'd say that's very interesting, huh? That that's very interesting. Seems like, like a lot of extra did, work. Yeah. <laughs> when did that start? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I feel like I've been doing it for years, and I really don't. I don't know. I think it really is because, like, if I don't look at the actual scores according to the fantasy app, you know, it's not as real. Yeah, I, I sort doing... of get that where, like, I don't, I don't want to see that I'm doing terrible, so I just don't look at it because then I can't be doing terrible. Right. But huh. I think it's, but, but it's you started from, like, I'll, I'll look at the scores on the ESPN app and I'll be like, oh, the Packers scored a touchdown. I wonder if it was one of my players and it like started from that where I just like only check the ESPN app. I don't know. I couldn't say. Well, that is, that is an excellent fantasy secret. Thank you for that. Oh yeah. All right, David, we got one more question for you here. Give it to me. In six years, you have gone five and eight, two times. Six and seven, two times, and seven and six, two times. You are consistently middling and on the border of playoffs every single year. And with those records, you have found a way to make an appearance in both the championship game and the Sackle Bowl, but didn't win either or lose the Sackle Bowl, I guess. So what is the biggest thing you need to do this upcoming season to ensure that you have a dominant team. You can avoid the losers bracket and give yourself another shot at the championship. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna reiterate what I said earlier. It's staying away from tummies. That's without a doubt <laughs> the biggest thing because I know 
like I'll make good waiver wire additions. I'll do everything right during the season. Like I'll make improvements to my team. It's just getting that base starting from a good place in the draft. And the only way to do that is to stay as far away from tummies as I possibly can. And now like, I feel like I'm going to get like sandwiched between Jake and Jackson shirtless or something. And they're going to force, give me like a tummy overdose. I don't know. But that's not the kind of tummy I'm weak to. So that's okay. Yeah, I mean, can we talk about that calendar? By the way, <laughs> incredible. I yeah, did not know that the human body was capable of such grace and majesty. It is inspiring. Yeah, it's it is a high bar for everyone. It really yeah, is. David, I would say, I would say, David, that you are a big tummy guy, and Jake is a big tummy guy. <laughs> Accurate, accurate assessment there. So does that play into this uh, avoidance that you're going after? Do you maybe not want yeah. to look at the calendar? It's hard to stay away from the calendar, honestly. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, I'm getting it's drawn like, back into it. It's just, it's, it's in like, my thoughts. It's like heroin. You just gotta, you just gotta. Just gotta right. Nothing, nothing feels as good after you experience it. Well, David, thank you for your time here today. It was an absolute treat to be able to talk with you. And best of luck this upcoming season. Can't wait to see you for the uh, draft weekend for four weeks from now. I'm, I'm very excited to, to spend some time with, with the league mates. And thank you for the well wishes. I, I kind of wish you guys luck, I guess. I know you guys you guys will probably be okay. You don't need my, you know, my well wishes. So, but yeah. Thanks for having me on. It was a blast. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Can, wow. Can you I believe that? I am speechless. That was, you know, I had my expectations, but David just... Out the water. Out that water. Wow. Well, th- thank you very much, David. Book. You know uh, what, James? Great. Yeah. When they write a biography about my life, it's going to be split into two chapters. Mm -hmm. Before that interview and after that interview. It was Mm -hmm. life-changing. Yeah, I think mine will be split into two chapters too. But one will just be before and after. And then the second chapter will just be that interview. Because I want to save the best for last. Wow. Yeah. It was an absolute pleasure talking to David. Uh, we are going to be continuing with two interviews a week, best we can. Uh, they're not really following a, a structured outline of when we're going to be releasing them, but we are planning on getting through everybody's interview before the draft weekend. And uh, once we have that, then then we'll be set to have a, a great weekend. So keep an eye out for everybody's interview coming up. Uh, Keep tuning in because there is important league news in here and NFL news. And uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode and we'll catch you later. Signature sign off. Wink.
I discovered that there's like this little par three course, just like five oh, yeah. minutes away from my house. And it's that it closes at six o'clock. So like, I've just been going after dinner and walking nine holes in like 45 minutes. And it's been amazing. It's cha- changed my life. Nice. It's such a great little evening activity and I'm honing in my skills and I'm just going to spank you guys. Oh man. But what about when you play golf? Then I'll, I'll score better than you and win. Mm. 